This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. And so what does Jesus say to High Desert Word Center in 2020? And so I think about these seven churches here, and there's things that Jesus is always saying that's for every church. Amen. Jesus wants Christians to go to church. He wants them to be submissive. He wants them to tithe. He wants them to learn how to worship. He wants them to love one another. There's so many things he says, but I want to look at some things in chapter 1, because really I want to get to chapter 3 is where I was headed to, but I was thinking chapter 1 would help you, because you need to see some things through the eyes of Jesus, how Jesus sees things. And so, chapter 1, we know that uh, John's on the Isle of Patmos, and Jesus appears to him and starts talking to him. But I want you to look at verse 12. I just want to show you this so you'll understand these churches. Revelation 1, verse 12. I'll give you a chance to get there and turn there so you can see this. And, you know, a lot of the book of Revelation, man, you really, you really have to have some help to understand it. But these first three chapters to me is easy to understand because Jesus has spoke to me through these chapters for probably 40 years. And, and they, they're really, really easy to understand. And so John said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, or lampstands. And in the midst, in the middle of the seven candlesticks, the lampstands, lampstands, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girded about uh, the chest with a golden girdle. And so he's starting to describe Jesus, and then he tells what Jesus looks like. So he says, the voice was coming from one that looked like the Son of Man in the middle of a bunch of lampstands. And that's really important. So then, uh, skip over a few verses and look at verse 16. And says, and he, and he's talking about Jesus, had in his right hand seven stars. He was standing in the middle of a bunch of lampstands and he had in his hand seven stars. And so then you get down to verse 20. And this is, this is, this is so plain. Pastors need to know this. Church members need to know this, how Jesus does things. And so the mystery, verse 20, this is Jesus talking to John and J- John wrote it for us because Jesus told him, write this down so the pastors of the churches will know this. And so the mystery of the seven stars with thou sawest in my right hand and seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels. Well, that angels there comes a Greek word means messengers. And a lot of times in the Bible, when that's translated, it's actually translated messengers, but sometimes it is real angels, but messengers. And so it says, says the, the seven uh, stars are the seven golden, the seven, mystery seven stars, I saw right hand, the seven stars are the messengers of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches, are the congregations. And so then he starts off in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, and to the angel or the messenger of the church of Ephesus, right. And so each one of these churches, he starts off the same way. He says, write this for the messenger of that church. Well, as you read these in context, you'll see that the messenger is the pastor of the church. Who's the messenger of the church? It's the pastor. Who's supposed to hear from Jesus to tell the church 
what Jesus wants to do in that church. It's the pastors. And so as we see these things right here, what Jesus said, now get this, Jesus always gives the direction for the church to the ones that's accountable to him for the church. That's the pastor. And so when Jesus gives things to the pastor, when the congregation hooks up because they trust the pastor here from God because he's got pastor fruit, then that's profitable for the church members. It's profitable for the church. By profitable, I mean spiritually profitable that the church will have light because Jesus is in the midst of the congregations. That's the lampstands, they're light. He says, we're the light of the world. And then, you know, a couple of things Tony pointed out in that book I really like. He said, he's, he's looked, and looked at things down here compared to natural things with spiritual things. We know that the sun is a great light. But the moon, the stars, they're dimmer from what we see. The sun's got the main light. And so Jesus is the great light. And so in the midst of those candlesticks is Jesus, and he outshines them all. But at the same time, he's in the congregation, and we're the little lights, but Jesus should shine brighter through us than any light. And then think about this. And this part here that I'm going to say has always been a blessing to me, but it's also been scary to me. And unless you're a pastor or a five-fold ministry, you don't know how scary it really is. It said, Jesus said, at my right hand, I'm holding the pastor's. Well, that's really good, but if you're not walking right and obeying Jesus how you lead, it's not good. Because Jesus holds pastors, and this is him telling John, said, you tell these guys this, said, I got them in my hand, and I'm walking through the church. And so, he's holding us so close to him that he's protecting us. And you know, when, and you know, just, just for your information, it's really not good to mess with a man or woman of God in a bad way. I talk about your words, your actions, slander, lie, and gossip, because when a pastor's in Jesus' hand walk with Jesus, you can get in trouble real fast and really be in trouble. But at the same time, the pastor has got to stay, stay soft and pliable and hooked up to Jesus because we're right there, man. He can put the squeeze on us real quick. Amen. Not that he would do that in a mean way, but he's holding us that close. And so, this book we get in, I want everybody to get one of these copies of this book. It's really, really a good book. I'm, on, I'm just on about chapter 4 right now. I've been going through this thing slow. But it's really good. But can you see that in, the, in Revelation right here, that Jesus said, I'm walking through the midst of the churches. As we see these seven churches, Jesus looks at these churches. Have you ever, if you've ever studied these chapters of Revelation, you'll see that Jesus looks at all the churches. He looks at the pastors, and he does what I, I learned it off of Jesus. I call it the sandwich effect. He starts off saying, you know what? You're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing this, and I commend you for it. That's really good. But I've got something against you. Here's what you're not doing, and I'm going to tell you. You need to get together and get your church start heading in this direction because they're missing it. And then he gets done by saying things like this. And now I want to tell you, you overcome, you get the crown of life. You overcome, you're going to walk with me. And things like that. So he always starts off 
by saying good things, then he challenges you, and then he wraps up with good things. And isn't that just like Jesus? And so if you're going to be a pastor after God's own heart, we've got to be able to hear from Jesus and let the church know what we're doing right. And then at the same time, what I learned a long time ago, Jesus gets on my case, then i got to get on your case. But Jesus compliments me, then I can pass it right on to you. And I don't have any correction or anything not about saying that. I'm just saying, this is how God works through pastors. He lets them know. And when we see the church starting to head in the wrong direction, say, for example, a church might start turning into a gossipy church. Where people are starting to get that spirit of gossip coming through. And that's the pastor's job to nip that in the bud because we're not, we're not, we're not called, we're not called to expose people. We're called to help people. And, and when we see people, when we see brothers and sisters of the Lord, they're starting to get in trouble in sin and doing things. We're not charged, we're not called to knock them down. We're called to pick them up. First of all, in prayer. And so when pastors see things like that starting to happen, then Jesus gets on our case. And that's one thing that I learned a long time ago. Man, I want to get these things I got here. This is just coming out now. I learned a long time ago because I know that, uh, that in my house, the Bible says the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. As I know in my house, I answer to God for the direction of my house. And so because I answer to God for the direction of my house, I better spend enough time with him to know the direction. Amen. You know, he gave, he gave that call to Adam. And, you know, Eve wasn't even on the earth yet when God told Adam what to do. And so by the time the devil come around, he hit Eve. And Adam stood right there and did nothing to take care of the thing. And Adam's the one that had to answer for it. And so the husband answers for the family. At the same time, the pastor answers for the church. And that's something that, as a baby pastor, I had to learn. Because as we were starting a new church, people come in. They thought, well, it would be this kind of a church. They thought, well, it would be this kind of a church. And so as, as, a new, as a new pastor, I wasn't bold enough and strong enough. I let everybody come in and jerk me every way for a while. And I thought, okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. And finally, I got a hold of the program. Wait a minute. I have to answer for this. <clears throat> so I got to where I could say no to every good idea people wanted. And I got to where I could say, well, if you want that kind of a church, there's a church right down here on Main Street in Barstow. That's the kind of church they are. You probably belong there. Well, you know what? There's one of those over here on Barstow Road. If that's the kind of church that you think you ought to be at, they got one over there on Barstow Road, but that's not the kind of church we are. Here's the kind of church we are. Amen? Because God talks to the pastor, and he's the messenger for Jesus to the church. And so I learned that over the years. It's worked really well. But I want to get to Revelation chapter 3, the church of Philadelphia. And I'll, I'll tell you, where this came from, we're going to be looking down here in Revelation chapter 3 at verse 6 is where we're going to start at. And then I'll tell you when the Lord taught this to me, this particular church. Revelation chapter 3, verse 6. And this is Jesus talking to the pastor for the church. And he says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. How many know that Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus still has the Holy Spirit speak to the pastor and to the congregation. And that's why, that's why I tell you all the time that because you have the same Holy Spirit that I have, 
that when Jesus gives me something to teach, or gives Pastor Dave, Mrs. Pastor, whoever's up here teaching, we got a lot of good people in the church that they get to teach the Word here, that it's the same Holy Spirit. So when we're teaching the Bible, the Holy Spirit that inspired the words that are written, when He has us teach those words, that's the same Holy Spirit that will bear witness with your spirit, even if your head goes tilt. Because sometimes, because people have been religiously brainwashed by non-biblical doctrine in other places, they come in, and then they hear the real Word of God, as Jesus said it, that's why we teach you your spirit being. You possess a soul, live in a physical body. That's why sometimes you got to say, head, shut up, I'm not listening to you, I'm listening with my heart. Holy Spirit said, my heart, not in my head. And that's why I said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why, that's why you've got to say, head, shut up. Healing's for today. Jesus wants everybody healed. Speaking in tongues is for today. He wants you to fill the Spirit speaking in tongues. Tithing's for the day. He wants you to tithe. He wants you to give offerings. Love and forgiveness is for today. All those different things that are out there that too many Christians don't understand yet. When the Word of God's taught, says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit, what the Spirit saith to the church, and the Holy Spirit in a church like this, and not just a cloud coming through the church, just a puff of smoke, the Holy Spirit primarily speaks to the pastor to speak to you, because that's what Jesus said. He said, talk to the messenger of the church and tell him this is what I want to say. Amen? Is that helping you seeing those things? Amen. And, you know, the reason I'm saying that, I want to say it again. When I was praying this morning, I was thinking, man, all these things going on in the world right now, I see them on the news, and I don't get to see you all very much, so we don't get to see very much. We don't have to have meet and greet for so long to get to have our little stories and testimonies. We don't have a prayer line where we get to lay hands on people and pray and hear what's going on and be able to those, those kind of things. So I realized this morning that you guys are going through a lot of stuff. And this is one thing you see as I share these things, that this is where you get your victory because Jesus has this set up for you. And when you understand how the system works, it's going to help you that much more. Amen? And so back in back in December of 1992, I was a baby pastor. And I didn't know a whole lot about anything. I was a strong believer because I've been a believer for a lot of years. And there's a difference between sitting out there and being a strong believer and then God bringing you up a level, giving you a gift to pastor and teach and putting you up here. Because when you're up here, you don't just answer for yourself. Or for your family, your answer for a lot of people. And so when you come up to that different level there, there's things you thought you knew, if found out you really didn't know, because it's not the same thing. And you would be like a corporation. It's one thing to be an employee, or you get to be a low-level supervisor. It's another thing if you're the CEO that's responsible to everybody for the whole corporation. That changes everything, how you see things, decisions you make, because... When you're a corporate leader and you make a decision, it doesn't just affect you and your family. It might affect thousands. When you're a pastor and you make a decision about the direction of the church, it doesn't just affect you and your family anymore. Okay, I don't like that. I don't want to go to church now for a while. Well, you're the pastor. You have to go to church and look at those ugly faces. And by ugly faces, I'm talking about when you make decisions... When you make decisions and people say, 
Well, I don't like that. We always did it this way. Well, where I went to, we never did it that way. Well, go back then. They're probably still doing it that way. No, so what I'm saying is, I learned, I learned as a baby pastor that when I hear from Jesus, everybody doesn't instantly fall in love with what it is he wants us to do. But the thing is, what I've learned now, being a seasoned veteran pastor after all these years, when you get a track record of having successes, then all of a sudden makes it easier for people to hook up. They think, wow, 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 this is really good. It's changing things. I'm willing to do it because I can see that he's really following Jesus. Amen? And so in 1992, our church was still meeting in the YMCA. And I'll tell you what, you haven't had church to be at a YMCA on Sunday morning and all those uh, sweaty people come in there working out in the swimming pool and you come, uh, and what the smell. <laughs> I can't explain what that's like. But anyway, we were going to have, we we're going to have a New Year's Eve service and our church was very, very young. And the Lord gave me this Revelation chapter 3 to preach to the church that night for our New Year's Eve service. And I did in the YMCA. And these, these verses that I'm going to share with you has carried me in the ministry all my years of pastor. I still go back to them. These verses applied to me for what God called me to do in Martinsville, Indiana. And these verses carried right here, right out here in the high desert of California. And so because they're for me, the messenger of the church, and you're the messages, then they're for you. And these have always given me confidence. They've always encouraged me. They always helped me walk in victory, no matter what the church faced. So anyway, I'm just going to look at a few things here. And uh, give you a little history on the verses there. And I believe it will help you. And so verse 7 says this. And to the messenger of the church in Barstow, write these things. And I don't know about you, but I always take the word for me personally. When God's talking to me, I put my name in it. And so I'm the messenger of the church in Barstow. Not all the churches, but this church in Barstow. Write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David. I didn't know what any of this stuff meant until Jesus told me, and he taught me that day. He that hath the key of David, he that openeth, no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Well, we did not have a denomination backing us back then. We were brand new. I was still driving a truck. And so if God didn't open the doors for us, they didn't open. God had to make things work. And he'd have the key of David. So Jesus told me, look up the key of David. I looked up the key of David. And back in those days, over there in the Middle East, people in the city that had authority had a great big wooden key that they carried around their neck on a chain or whatever. And people in the city, they saw them, knew they've got authority because they've got the key to the city. You ever heard of the expression, the key to the city? Well, anyway, he told me, and that key represented authority. He told me, I've given you authority in Martinsville, Indiana. Amen. Now, I want to tell you this for you, because I said I want to bring this around to you. How many know that Matthew 18, 18 says, Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He said, I give you authority in Luke ten nineteen over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall maybe hurt you. So I want to ask you this. Jesus told me to ask you this tonight. In the times that we're going through right now, 
Are you using your authority? Are you binding the devil? Are you treading upon serpents and scorpions and demons? Or are demons tormenting you? Amen. And so anyway, I'll fast forward from December, from December of 1992 to February of 1993. A very interesting thing happened. We got to move from the YMCA to a storefront in downtown Martinsville. Little storefront building, little hole in the wall place. And our guys were getting that fixed up. And I, I, I was, I was in there, I'd come in there on Saturday as they were getting things fixed up. And this, uh, he might be watching, so I just, you know, we're on the thing right now. Anyway, this guy come walking in, and a little old guy about, he was shorter than me, little old goatee, great goatee like that. Uh, this hillbilly town come walking in like that, wearing a pair of blue jeans and a flannel shirt, walk around, says, hi, uh, you the pastor here? I said, yeah. He said, uh, my name's Phil Deckard. If you need anything, just let me know, I'll help you. I thought, who is this little hillbilly guy? I don't know think about him. I thought, what in my town? Jesus sent me there. Well, he left, and my music minister was one of the guys helping. And he said, Pastor, you know who that was? I said, no, who was it? He said, that's the mayor. As soon as he said that, Jesus took me back to Revelation chapter 3, said he's got the wooden key around his neck. He's got the keys to the city. And Jesus told me this, said he's got the natural keys. You've got the spiritual keys. And I'm hooking you up with him so you can do what you need to do. On our one-year anniversary, he preached in my church. Amen. And so I want to say this to you for the times that we're navigating through. You're not just a natural person. You're a supernatural person. Jesus has given you favor with the authorities. Are you walking in it? You need to walk in your authority. You've got that spiritual key around your neck there. You have authority. Amen. He said, he said, he said, he said to tell the messenger this, to tell the church. And then Jesus will open doors for you that no man can open. Jesus will shut doors that you don't have no business going through. Well, how do you know if something's some Jesus or not, if it's a door that needs to be opened, or if it's closed, I'm trying to get through it. That's where you have to be a person that prays in the Spirit, gets in your prayer closet, listens to your heart, because sometimes you might knock some doors down to get through them and then be so sad after you did it. Think, man, I wish I had done that. Amen. And so Jesus is the one that's going to make a way for you. And so those keys represent authority, and Jesus opened the doors for you. And then verse 8, I like this. He said, I know thy works. I know thy works. And he knows your not works. In other words, Jesus knows what you're doing that he called you to do. And as a pastor, and for you as a believer, it ought to be scary for you to know that if you're not doing what you know you're supposed to do for Jesus, that he knows that too. How many believe that Jesus is smarter than you? Amen. And, and you know, I, I like what I heard a, a, a preacher say one time, and it's, I, it's still good. Jesus doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. 
Somebody says, oh, pastor, I just feel so inadequate. Welcome to my world. <laughs> pastor, I, I, I could never do that. Welcome. <laughs> How about Philippians 4.13? Do you ever quote Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. In these times we're living in, let me ask you this. This is the message you're hearing from Jesus to talk to this church. All the different things going on through life right now. How many times through this homeschooling, through job things, through all the restrictions in society right now, has the devil told you, I'll just quit. Just stop. There's no use. What's the use? And you get around all the whiners, the complainers, the crybabies all around you everywhere like that. And they're complaining about politics. They're complaining about all the things going on. Don't let that get on you. Amen. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. You will have what you say, Jesus said. And so you, when all these things are going on, everybody's telling you how bad it is. Find you some verses like Luke one thirty seven. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I'm walking with God. God's the one that opened this door. God's the one that gave me authority here. God gave me favor here. And the devil's not running me off my job. The devil's not running me out of my house. The devil's not making me quit my church. The devil's not stealing God's tithe from me. Amen. you got to stand up and use your authority. Amen. Can you see that? And see these things here on the, on the pastorate level. I've had to walk in these things all my pastor in life. There's been times with this church and other churches with the financial crisis. And what am I going to say? Well, uh, we'll get out and cry to the people tell them, guys, we're three months behind on the light bill. So we're just not going to have church this week to save some money. That's not the way it works. And if you can't, if you can't use your faith to pay your light bill as a believer, then you'll never have faith to pastor a church and lead people. Because it all starts at the level of the seat you're in. You gotta use your faith out there to be able to use your faith for bigger things. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'll just look at a couple more things because we're running out of time, but this, this, this is so good. Verse 10. And to me, this speaks, this speaks to all of you and all of us at Christians everywhere for the times we live in. Because you have kept the word, and that always jumps off me, the word, the word of my patience, I will also keep thee, I'll protect thee from the hour of temptation, or I'll protect thee in the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And so Jesus said, now listen to this, because you guard the Word of God in your life, He said, I'm going to take care of you through what you're going through. And He said, the, and you know what, this really, this really to me speaks for today, He said, which coming on the whole world. We're in the last days. This is the end times, but God gave a qualification there. Jesus said, because you kept my Word and been patient, he said, I'm guarding you and protecting you. We're talking about navigating through these troubled times. And then something else here that jumps off me right here. Verse 11, Behold, I come quickly. Now this here is critical. Hold that fast 
which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Hold that fast. What that tells me is this. You know, I look at, I look at the different military people. We got, we got a lot of people in here that were soldiers, Marines, Navy, and different things. And one thing that I know of the military, that's a good thing to do, and Tony probably knows about this for sure, he'd been in a lot of places, is this. When you gain ground, you don't want the enemy to take it back. Man, when you fought, you've seen people get hurt, you've lost friends, and you've gained ground, last thing you want to do is get lazy and say, man, we got it now, let's just go party somewhere like this and let the enemy come back in. That's what happens to too many Christians. They don't hold fast to the spiritual ground they've gained. Temptation comes to buy another pack of cigarettes. Temptation comes to go back to booze. Temptation comes to get back in sexual sin. Temptation comes to back off and quit going to church and do other things like that. Jesus said, hold fast. If you've gained ground... What's Jesus said to High Desert Word Center in 2020? Same thing he said back here. Hold fast. The ground you gained, don't give up. Don't get back to perversion. Don't get back to being a party animal. You've gained this ground. Keep fighting the good fight of faith against the more ground. And just always remember this. He's talking to pastors here to talk to the churches. And if I lose ground in my life, it can affect a multitude of people. You know, when a believer falls, it hurts the people close to him. But when a pastor falls, it hurts a lot of people. And so he's telling the pastors, hold fast to what you've learned. Keep walking in it. Keep growing. But then at the same time, he's telling you. Because there's a lot of people in your realm of influence. There's family members. There's friends. There's fellow employees, and whether you know it or not, you're not always conscious of it. You've gained a reputation because you go to this church. Amen. We're kind of known as a fanatical crowd. You know, people kind of, people kind of talk about us. We're the, we're, we're the tongue talkers. We're the fanaticals. We're the grab it and blabbits. We're the name it and claimants. We're the ones that watch what we say. And because of that, there's people work side by side with you. There's family members. They watch you every step of the way. And in their heart, they're wanting you to make it. But the devil's lying to their head. They're watching for you to slide. Amen. And so anyway, I'll just read about one more verse. We'll close it down. Uh, verse 12. Him that overcometh, him that overcometh, him that overcometh, all of us are facing some battle in life. Big battles, little battles. There's something going on. And if you don't have anything going on right now, I give you a word just from experience in life. You'll be challenged again. Something will come again. But Jesus said, him that overcometh, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony. You keep on doing you know, do. He said, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God. And so anyway, we'll close with verse 13. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And so, these first three chapters of Revelation are so good, he warns you about not being lukewarm. He warns you about 
backing off. He encouraged you to keep loving, keep giving, keep going to church, keep serving Jesus. So I want to tell you, I'm proud of this church family. I'm proud of everybody here. I'm proud of the ones that are not here tonight. Because we as a church family have not let the dumb stuff of the world kick us down to depression. We're walking with Jesus. And just like Jesus said, the lampstands or the churches are lights shining bright. They're going to keep on shining. Amen, amen. Pastor Dave. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 